Some nights by fun, that usually means that Dave Hoops is right around the corner. P.S. He is. We're having a lot of fun on a Saturday morning. We also have fun at night. A lot of fun going on at the brewery. I will be there later today. Big cribbage tournament that we'll touch on in a moment. But I want to reach out and give thanks to all of our sponsors, including, of course, Hoops Brewing. Yeah, let's start with our newest one again, Krause Heating and Cooling. Uh, they've been family-owned in the area since 1982, Brian. That's like before I graduated from high school. I was still in middle school. I was three. How about that? My wife was an infant. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, there's lines. Just there, giving but I'm you perspective. Yes. Um, the 26th, we have Construct Tomorrow, the evening event uh, down at the deck, free parking, get a chance to learn about the trades. Um, the, the Incline Station, Famous Dave's, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, the Blackwoods Group, Avenue 45, Justin May at Messina and Associates. We just, if you missed him, we just talked to him. There's a phone number. Brian gave it all that. You can reach out to Justin May. Advantage Gentleman. If you're wondering, go ahead. You're, you're good at that. Yes. Advantage Element Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, OAR Holdings, Arola Architecture Studio, and Hoops Brewing. And who better to talk about Hoops Brewing than the guy with the same last name? Absolutely. We bring in Dave Hoops to start our number two. Dave, good morning, sir. Big day at the brewery. I'll be there later this afternoon. It's become kind of an annual occurrence. The Enas, Nina and Alina, putting on their cribbage tournaments. So I'll be making at least a pit stop this afternoon. But again, good things at the brewery, great things in sports. Makes a heck of a combination. How are you today? I'm good. Um, I'm home. It was <laughs> 5,000 miles ago. I was right. talking to you last week. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm excited. This is usually a big day, and it is a good day to be inside today. So come on, come on. I think it starts at 11.45 today. Um, I'm not sure registration's going on right now, and I imagine you're already in. Well, I'll tell you what. The right show back. is going to make me late for the tournament, so here's what I do. I come and I make a donation, and I participate in the silent auction, although you know me, I'm never really of the silent type. And then what I do is I play a different card game. We can talk about this offline if you want, but if anybody's ever played the card game 31, we'll be doing that while everybody else plays cribbage today. So we make our own fun because it's impossible not to have fun at Hoops Brewing, of course. That's great. And the other thing that's happening is the maker's uh, market is going on, and there's it's a record turnout today, like 14 vendors. So, oh, wow. um, you know, good day down there today to, again, you know, avoid the rain and, um, and the flooding, which is um, <laughs> my basement, for example. Yes. There you go. You need to talk to Justin May about that as well. But, again, we are looking at such a prime time in sports. Wolves in the playoffs. Wild in the playoffs. Twins beating your favorite. Who cares about the Yankees? This has been a fun week, my friend. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, of course, we're going to have these games on TV, round, uh, you know, wall to wall down at the brewery uh, or happily. And um, I'm really excited. I know Justin was scared of the um, Dallas, but I, I am not. And um, I'm thrilled that they're playing the hated um, Dallas. Uh, I didn't. I don't even like their name. But um, and I'm happy about this, and I'm actually quite excited. And the East is just epic. It's just much watch TV. This Toronto Tampa Bay series. It should be just beautiful. Seven game, just a, a classic. I'm calling it right now. Well, we'll in every Toronto first round series becomes social media memes waiting to happen, right? Yeah, you think Minnesota fans have it rough. How'd you like to be a Maple Leafs fan when your team is so good and get knocked out in the first round? No question. Year? If I'm a Toronto fan, I'm already paying attention to the Blue Jays instead. Yep. But I guess, Dave, you just answered one of my questions because you said you're glad they're playing the hated Dallas and you didn't even finish the Stars part. I'll do that for you. Obviously, we hope that the Wild wins, but you're a big Pavelski guy. I mean, he's the bread and butter of what they do. 
Oh, I love him, and, you know, I'm still mad at my team for letting him go. But, you know, I hope that he does what he always does, and I wish him nothing but the best. His, his brother lives here in town. I'm sure he's excited as well. But every other Dallas player needs to just, you know, basically, you know, not show up, total dumpster fire. But, no, it's going to be a tough, tough series. But I think I think the Wild are going to make noise this year. And I'm I'm thinking of a deep run, which is the first time you've heard me say that before. I was going to say, I love your theory. I'd probably join it if Eric Sinek was available, but we'll see. Now, you're such a hockey fan that I want to talk to you about another team that is not part of the playoffs. And Dave Cook said good because they needed a little taste of this. The Pittsburgh Penguins not in this. Feels kind of strange. Well, no Opie, no Sid. It's not even hockey. I was going to say, yeah, where, where no. are the ratings going to come from? I know the East is good, but who are we going to watch? Well, it's going to be great. It doesn't matter. You know, this has to happen once in a while. And, you know, the league is going to make it. They're going to find a way to get Chicago, this young rookie. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. This will be kind of fun. Maybe Montreal, the Sharks, uh, Anaheim is the best odds right now. And this guy should be a Connor McDavid-type game changer, maybe. So I think there's a lot of excitement, even though there might be people out there who aren't paying attention to the NHL. Hopefully they're going to be opening their eyes to some great hockey coming up. I was going to say they will be now. You mentioned the Blackhawks and will the league find a way to get them that top pick? It segued into a question that I pondered asking you, and now I'm going to go ahead with it. The Wild basically waved the white flag at the season starting at that game in Chicago. Now, yes, they won, but they sat a bunch of top guys. And there's that theory of flipping the switch. There's a lot of talk about can Golden State do it in the NBA playoffs. They've proven they can. The Minnesota Wild have never really flipped a switch before. Postseason success has been hit and miss, mostly miss. Did they do the right thing, though, because the injury bug could kill this team? They don't have much that they have left that they can afford to lose. Um, I agree, but, you know, all the teams playing, you know, look at what the Timberwolves have managed to do. I, I, of course, I was, I was listening to that game in Paris, and they should have won. And, and they're so depleted. So, um, yes, to your point, we can't afford to lose much more. But, again, it always happens in the playoffs. People step up. You get all these stories of, that you don't expect. Um, you know, I don't know when – Kirill's coming back, right? He, you, you know He's been playing. Me, yep. right? He's been playing yeah, when he okay. hasn't been scratched. But when he was scratched, he was scratched like the rest of the veterans were, not because he's still hurt. Right. So, yeah, I'm not terribly concerned about that. You, you can't do anything about injuries unless you're punching walls and stuff, dumb stuff. You already covered Hypothetically, that. of course. Yeah, right. Now, I have to commend you, Dave Hoops. I'm going to pass it to Dave Cook here in just a moment. But, Dave Cook, you and I are big Timberwolves fans, and we knew that. Dave Hoops is just a big sports fan, so the Timberwolves fall in that. But I have to commend the dedication. If he's listening to the Wolves in Paris, that's impressive. Yeah, no doubt. That's That shows true dedication to uh, to the Timberwolves. I'm I love sure the Timberwolves, happy. and I've never been to Paris, but I guarantee you if I am, I probably don't have the Timberwolves on my radio per se, but go ahead. Jim, Jim Peterson would have probably noted that Dave Hoops was listening from Paris. And they're so good as a broadcast team. I, I encourage people to tune in locally to the playoffs if they can because they're that good. Michael Grady and Jim Pete are as good as it gets. Go really a pleasant surprise. All right, guys, here's the first question of the day. Um, we did see a bunch of the youth of the of the wild the other day. Uh, the future was playing in Chicago, as as you guys were making a point. One guy that that played that's made his uh, his debut is Brock Faber. Here's a question: Does if Brock Faber does Brock Faber one make the the wild for the playoffs and two as a total rookie two games under his belt does he play? Dave Hoops, go ahead. I'm, gonna, I'm saying no. That's uh, that's my guess. 
I'm not sure, which I know is not the answer you're looking for, but you just talked about Klingberg that when he's good, he's really good. And when he's bad, it's face palm because it's it's Mad Dumba 2.0. So I don't know if you can't trust your veterans, can you trust a kid either is one way to look at it. Or if you can't trust your veterans, do you roll the dice with a kid? He's plenty talented. Now, Topher Davis knows that I don't like the way this works. I don't like the fact that your college season ends and three days later you're in the pros. But it's only because I wish that NCAA basketball could do that. I wish the kid from Connecticut could come help the Wolves now because, you know, Nas is hurt, that sort of thing. It doesn't work that way. It does work that way in the NHL. I think if you trust him enough, you play him. But you have enough veterans that should be better off that I agree with Dave Hoops, you probably don't. He's just such a settling. I mean, it's he's, you know, we talked Dumba and Klingberg. It's a, two meaningless games, though. No, but even in college, he was the best defensive player in college. Um, he's so much more like Brodeen. Um, I don't, I, I agree with you that I don't think you see him right away, but it wouldn't surprise me if we see him in the Dallas, especially if our defense becomes leaky, uh, that he's the guy. All right. So question two, yesterday I drove up to Grand Marais for a job fair and drove down to Grand Marais. You knew you were going to be able to bring that up. I did because this, this question is interesting, I think. So on the way back, uh, my path on highway 61 was, uh, interrupted by a moose. Marcus Foligno? Yes. Cool. Um, coming back from Grand Ray, you don't you don't expect to see a moose in, you know, like there. You kind of think you have to go and find him, right? Right. Like in Alaska. So, yeah. So that was that was my great unexpected uh, cool thing. I want to know, guys, over time, what's been the really unexpected cool thing that's happened, that, that, that story that you might remember? Something that was just out of the blue and was awesome. Just in general? Sure can be anything, Dave. It could be sports. could be anything. So something that you didn't uh, expect that just turned out to be cool. Yeah, really unexpected. That was awesome. Um, well, there was this one time I was on a beach, and um, there was a family next to me, and um, the the guy stood up, and it was Tom Brady. Oh, that's wow. cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Yeah. So nice I can't, guy, so I can't top that at all, but I'm going to try to see how long it takes to make Dave Cook laugh. So I went to this one Twins game. So I didn't get through the first one. And on the car ride, I talked about this hypothetical sports talk show and if that would be any fun or not. And it took us two and a half hours to talk through what we thought this hypothetical sports talk show just might be. And five plus years later, it still exists. That's yeah. still pretty cool to me. That was unexpected. Right. Pretty cool. Definitely. Yeah. No, I think that people, <laughs> That's great. people have those kind of experiences when you look back and you say, all right, at the moment, I didn't get it. But, wow, that was kind of cool. Meeting Randy Brewer for the first time and not having ever met a guy seven foot three right. was, you know, out of the blue, and it was, holy cow. I was going to say, I can just go back a week where I was sitting in my hotel waiting for the Twins' home opener, got an email about, would you like to talk to Tim Brown on Saturday? Uh, yeah, and that was one of the coolest interviews we've had on this show. Or, or when your co-host doesn't call him Tim Brown. That was kind of fun. Right, when he called him Tim Allen. We <laughs> uh, gave Justin May the home improvement segment by default. Do you have another question for today, or is I'm, that it? I'm good for today. All we right. got to talk about brewery. Dave Hoops, we did this kind of out of order because I let off with the events of the brewery because I'll be taking one in today with the cribbage tournament. But all folks have to do is look at Hoops Brewing on Twitter, and you guys kind of give the calendar rundown. You've got something every day of the week, essentially. Yeah, we have a really, really crack um, marketing person named Ingrid who is remarkably She is creative. outstanding, yes. Yeah. So yeah, we have a lot going on and, and we're really looking forward to this big April. Of course, we got this big TV show coming up and that seems to be generating a lot of buzz. Ben Lieber, Twin um, Cities Live. Be there. 
Yep, yep. And then every day we have good stuff going on. We've got a, a bunch of really, really good beer. Uh, we're uh, we're revamping the outdoor seating area to make it uh, kind of more compact and, and more uh, friendly as far as all about the water and not looking back across the parking lot as much. And, um, you know, um, a bunch of great beers. We're, our 500 batch of beer is coming on tap. Um, speaking of Murray, we're selling up there, Dave. That's kind of a big thing for us oh, and our huge. friends at the Gunflint. Yeah, it's there, it's always been a goal of mine. And in general, I'll, I'll be going down there as soon as we're done here to take a look at that cribbage tournament as well because our Tuesday night one has been going on since before COVID, and it's going really strong. We get a lot of people showing up, and they they seem to enjoy themselves. So yeah, your weekday are, events uh, looking up. Absolutely. Your weekday events are second to none. The only thing I don't like about Ingrid is she beats me in trivia on Monday nights. But other than that, <laughs> she is absolutely fantastic. I do have one question for you just to close this segment, because there are going to be a lot of people at the cribbage tournament today, some that have probably been in hoops many times in their lives. But there's always going to be some people that might be the first time visiting. For a first timer, what's the beer you absolutely recommend? Well, for the first timer, park in the back, okay? It's three hours free parking. People don't always know that, okay? After that, I recommend always the Pale Ale, which is our flagship. It's number 15, Finn's number. If you don't like hoppy beer, then go with one of our German lagers, uh, probably the 65 Munich lager, or the fruit beer, always a go-to. Otherwise known as you absolutely can't go wrong. Dave Hoops, I appreciate the segments as always. Let's talk again in a week, but I get to say I'll see you later today. That means more to me than you'll ever know. I appreciate you once again. Oh, you guys as well. Have a great day. I'll see you later, I hope. Absolutely. Hoops Brewing, the Cribbage Tournament today. Many, many fun events take place at that brewery. So glad that they sponsor us. It's fun to chat with Dave. Well, and he's knowledgeable and he's fun and he doesn't take anything really too seriously except the brewery. and, And yeah, he's great to have on. No doubt about it. Even on the most overcast days, here comes the sun in the form of Dave Hoops. Speaking of which, the sun has rays. We're going to talk to Dukes Knutson of the Tampa Rays when we come back. The Northland Sports Page continues. Stick around. And we're back on the Northland Sports Page, bumping in with a little something from the Gym Class Heroes. Gym Class Heroes, baby. But my next guest would never stand for that. He'd have to change the name to the Physical Education Heroes because our next guest was my PE teacher, and if he wanted to get under his skin... I dare you to call it Jim. Don't do it. Well, and, and I think they wouldn't have said physical education. They'd have said the PE boys. Absolutely. Right? But that is just something about Dukes Knutson that I will never forget. There's lots more to talk about shortly. But before we do, huge thanks to all our sponsors. Absolutely. The OG Arola Architecture Studio who got us through all those years we were talking about just a second ago. Hoops Brewing. Thanks to Dave for being on. Uh, OAR Holdings. Sammy's Pizza. Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing. Justin May at Messina & Associates, Avenue 45, The Blackwoods Group, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, The Incline Station, the Construct Tomorrow event on the 26th uh, in the evening from 4.30 to 6.30 if you're interested in the trades. At and the again, deck that's at the deck, parking. yes. At the deck with free parking. Uh, and in our newest sponsor, Krauss Heating and Cooling, family-owned since 1982. Absolutely. And up this way, you need the heating these days. It sounds like down in sunny Florida, you need the cooling a little bit more. With that, we bring in Dukes Knutson. Dukes saw his Rays get finally cooled off their first loss of the season last night, but they did jump out to winning their first 13. And it's got to be fun for a Duluth legend who now works for the Rays during their home games. Let's check in. Dukes, good morning. Always good to hear your voice. Well, good morning, Brian and company, and uh, thanks for having me. And, yes, it's about 85 and sunny right now. 
I'm a little jealous of that, but I have to ask, aren't you proud of me with all the legacy that you left in my life through various roles that I remembered to call it physical education and never, ever, ever, ever call it gym? Well, uh, I, I did hear Jim when you first started out there and I, uh, it sounded like fingernails on a chalkboard. <laughs> now to be fair, um, that was the name of a musical group and they are called the gym class heroes. And I'd be lying if I didn't do that on purpose, just so I could correct them for your sake. Well, I'm the most culturally illiterate person in America, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't know the name of any music groups. But I'll tell you this, when it comes to the culture that is baseball, you are more than a tad literate. Tell everybody once again, I know you've been on the show and you've been in this role for the Rays for a while, but tell everybody in the Northland what you're doing for the Tampa Rays. Well, I'm uh, blessed beyond belief, Brian, and uh, this is my 16th year now working with the Rays, actually 15th because I have spent one year uh, with the twins at Target Field, but I'm the uh, uh, supervisor of the press box operation on uh, uh, game by game basis, and um, so normally I would uh, get to the game approximately five hours before first pitch and get everything opened up in the press box while the communications department is preparing just mounds of uh, materials, handouts uh, in preparation for that night's game and. Um, once I open up the press box, I, I make copies of all the that are um, prepared by the communications department and make sure that they get distributed, all the media. And I, uh, I, I always tell people my job is to keep everybody happy in the press box. And um, it's, it's been a blast. It really has. It's been such a blessing. Certainly sounds like a dream job for a baseball lifer like yourself, but especially this year when, of course, the first loss came last night, but it came – in Toronto, so at home you're still the good luck charm, but I would imagine the press box has been all smiles and maybe somewhat mouth agape with how well the Rays have started. Well, uh, as you know, Brian, uh, the press box is is a neutral zone. Because it's supposed to be, yes. The, we have the uh, opposing uh, team personnel working as well, uh, but obviously yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty exciting down here. And what's really been cool is that um, – as you know, also, um, we attendance has been a, an issue down here from day one, and, and we're always near the bottom of attendance. And, and there's many reasons for that. Um, I don't know if you want to get into that now, but um, uh, there's, a, there's really some excitement that's been generated here in the past two weeks. In fact, we've had, we've had outstanding crowds. We've had uh, um, our, our stadium only holds 25,000. Um, in the first place, but we've had in the twenty thousands almost every game now. Um, so it's it's it really is exciting, and uh, you know, in, in a way, it reminds me of '87 and '91 with the Twins, and uh, obviously, we're a long way from uh, the end of the season. Right. But it's it's just that kind of electricity that's in the air right now. Everywhere you go, people are talking about the Rays, um, even though our attendance. We've had issues with the attendance. Uh, we have tremendous radio and TV ratings. Um, everybody's wearing Rays gear, so it's, it's, it's been really exciting. All right, so you mentioned 1987. You gave me a perfect segue because I remember in 1987, the Milwaukee Brewers starting 13-0 and before losing and eventually doing nothing but watching the postseason. Now, granted, the format only had four teams back then. The Rays postseason have been synonymous with the Rays over recent years. What's the secret sauce, if you will, to this team sustaining, not winning 13 out of 14 every two weeks, 
but sustaining a big presence in the AL East? Well, that's, uh, that's a great question. It gets asked often. Um, even the national media are holding the Rays up as a, a standard bearer, really, for particularly the small market teams. Um, I, I really believe it starts at the top. And um, I've often uh, joked with my friends that, you know, I, I would make the world's worst general manager uh, in, just in terms of uh, knowing when to trade people, when to sign them to extensions, and and the Rays just do a masterful job of that. Um, their scouting department has to be absolutely incredible. Uh, baseball operations as well. They've developed so many players. Um, you know, just just as one example, uh, Jason Adams, who most people probably haven't even heard of, and he was kind of a journeyman reliever. Um, he signed uh, as a free agent with the Rays before the 22 season, and he made the all-star team last year. And this year he played in the World Baseball Classic for USA. He's had ERAs under, I think, under 1-7 for the last two years. He's been spectacular. And, um, you know, you got to give the Rays credit for for turning things around for, for not only Jason, but for uh, they have a history of doing that. Uh, hey, Duke, Dave Cook calling. Um, and the question that I had for you, because you've been in and around the media booth and the broadcasting booths for so long, I'm wondering if there's one or two people that you've met who you just kind of said, wow, that's a really, really good guy. Oh, my gosh, there's been so many of them. Um, that That's something that I, um, I don't know, maybe will surprise a few people is that uh, <clears throat> there, there are – an incredible number of good people in the game of baseball. And I would assume that's in other sports as well. But um, I've, I've had people mention to me, for example, all oh, the New York media, they must be, you know, tough to deal with. And nothing could be further from the truth. Those guys, are, it's just a blast having the Yankees media in our press box. And they're, they're very friendly and, and we all get along really well. Um, uh, I, I do recall, uh, I'll share this story with you. When it, the very first game I worked back in 2008, and it was the opening day for the Rays, and, and they were playing the Orioles, and um, obviously I had no experience of, of running the press box. And, and I was sitting, sitting down at my seat in the press box, and I'll Somebody sat down next to me, and I really wasn't paying attention. And and after a few minutes, I looked over, and it's it's Jim Palmer, and, oh wow, and, you know, Hall of Fame pitcher, and he's sitting right next to me. And and I was kind of starstruck at the time. And uh, and those those kinds of uh, those kinds of happenings uh, occur all the time now. It's it's just so cool. Um, That's awesome. The people that that wander into the press box on a, on a nightly basis. It's uh, and they they are they are just great great people. They really are. Um, uh, Ryan Lefevre from uh, the Kansas City Royals used to uh, work with the Twins, and he's he's uh, he's become a good pal of mine and. Um, I, I could go on and on with virtually every team and mention people who who just are, are fantastic people. And I'm, I'm so blessed to be a part of this. Absolutely. To say that we have some jealousy is putting it mildly. But I have to ask with all the changes in baseball this year. Now, I've been to one game in person. 
you've been to multiple. The rule changes, the time, the pace is very palpable. It's very fast. Have you noticed, and how does it change your job, if at all? And I guess even though the press boxes are neutral, are some of the media folks happier to not be up against deadlines so quickly? Games are getting done. Brian, I think uh, I'd be hard-pressed to to think of anybody who has not uh, expressed uh, appreciation for the pitch clock, Uh, from players to umpires, um, media people, uh, everybody is loving it. Um, again, I, I haven't heard a negative comment about the pitch clock and the, the faster pace of game. It, it, what's kind of interesting is that we did have one game last week that, that seemed to go long. And in the end, it was two hours and 48 minutes. Yeah. But two hours, two hours and 48 minutes today seems like a really long game. I was going to say, suddenly that's an epic marathon. So my follow-up question is this then, Dukes, because I consider you to be a baseball purist, just like a lot of us who have appreciated it for so long. Did we all overreact initially? Because when these were first brought up, a lot of people were, oh, this is going to ruin baseball as we know it. It's not. That's a great observation, Brian. And, and I'm, I'm in your camp when, when they, uh, the news came out uh, what year two year or two ago that these rules were being considered. Uh, my first reaction was, uh, you know, I was dead against it, and um, and I have I will acknowledge I'm to- I was totally wrong. Uh, the pitch clock has been fantastic. I, I still um, at the start of this season I was still against um, the uh, banning the shift. I just don't like the idea of, of rules dictating where you can and can't play. And I've always felt that it's up to the, the batters to adjust to the defense. And uh, that's what I taught as a high school coach. And, and uh, I can't figure out why major league ball players can't do that. Um, but again, I've got to admit to you that it's created more um, action um, I don't think it's detracted from the game at all. Um, so, so even uh, I'm moving towards the other side on that as well, yeah. that it's probably a good thing. No, um, I agree with you wholeheartedly. So Dukes, I have to ask one, you this because two nights ago in particular, the Rays keep winning. And then I would assume you're one a, in terms of favorite teams, the twins are beating the Yankees. So all the Rays fans are pleased with us. And so are you, how much of a watchful eye do you keep on both teams? Oh, Brian, come on. You know, I know that me. low hanging fruit for you. Take <laughs> over Dukes. Uh, normally, uh, it, from my, uh, from my perch in the press box, uh, obviously I'm watching the Rays game, but I have a computer in front of me watching the twins game as well. Uh, now the other day was, uh, it was a great Thursday. We had a day game yeah. and I, I got home in plenty of time to see that nine run first inning. And, uh, it was a thing of beauty, wasn't it? It sure was. Uh, you know, man, we talk about the Rays 13 game winning streak here, but Hey, twins are on a four game streak. They've beaten the Yankees twice at Yankee stadium. Life is good. Absolutely it is. That's my favorite kind of fan who can do his job and watch the Twins at the same time. Speaking of that job, though, as we speak with Dukes Knutson, he runs the press box for the Tampa Rays. I know you've been on the show before. I touched on that, and and we knew that that was what you did. But take our listening audience through. I know you mentioned five hours before the game. You're getting things prepared. Take us through once that first pitch is thrown. 
are you essentially just watching or what are you doing during a game? No, that's the beauty of it, Brian. Uh, once that game starts, everybody in the press box is obviously glued to the game, which basically frees me up to watch the game. Um, so, yeah, I get, to, I get to pay very close attention to it. Um, in fact, I, I run a little, uh, we call it press box fantasy baseball. Nice. A little game. So, so I, I have to keep record as the game goes on of scoring. So by the end of the game, I can give everybody their, their totals for the day. Um, but generally, yeah, I just, I just maintain between innings. I'm always double checking to make sure that there's still enough of the handouts left, uh, you know, I, I, I check with our food service to make sure that we've got enough, you know, all the coffee and and those types of things. And, um, yeah, it's great. And then um, after the game, it's um, uh, we, we publish a, a box score within, within minutes at the end of the game. And so I get that distributed to all the media. And, um, and then they also, uh, after the game, they, they, they publish what's called the post-game note. And that's where you get a lot of your 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 details and and um, you know certain you know streaks that players are having or whatever. And um, so it's good information for the media and and uh, yeah. So it takes me about an hour after the game. So you know, in all, because I live in Sarasota, which is about 45 miles from Tropicana Field, uh, I usually it's between a 10 and 12 hour day for me, and uh, I love it. I was going to say, hearing all this, all I want to ask is, do you need an intern? And would you consider a 44-year-old former Greyhound who you taught how to serve a tennis ball? This all sounds like a blast. You can't have my job. Sorry, Brian. All right, that's fair. I had to ask. You know, it never hurts to ask. All they can say is no. But, again, we're talking baseball because tis the season. But do you still work basketball, et cetera, because you do that at the college level here and down there? Yeah, I did that for a lot of years with UMD and then down here with the University of South Florida, but I have not since uh, 2019. Um, uh, technology and I are not on the best terms, and I don't get along with technology at all, and they, they've uh, switched to a, a new computer program from the one I was using for 25 years. And, uh, the partner I worked with, we, we, we tried to learn this program, and it was just it was so complicated, and, and to be honest, it, it, it wasn't fun anymore. And um, so, so we retired after the 2019 season. So, um, But, you know, I'm getting older, Brian, so it's not bad having a little time off in the winter. No, that's certainly not bad. I have no idea what that's like, but it certainly sounds good, as does Florida weather right now, as we're staring at 42 and rainy today. But Dukes, I know you said to me, I can't have your job and that's fine. It was tongue in cheek on my part. But we always ask if there are people listening that hear somebody's career and say, boy, I want to try to go that path. What kind of things should they get into? Now, I know you taught forever and very well, but is there a career path towards the type of thing that you're doing? Well, um, to be honest, Brian, the position I'm in is is it's a, it's a perfect per, per position for somebody like myself, a, you know, an old retired baseball coach, and um, it, it it's not a high demanding job, but um, somebody who loves the game, uh, it's perfect for them. But there are so many new opportunities in baseball. I was just telling a young man this morning that um, how 
baseball, people have no idea how many people are involved in putting on a game. I mean, there are hundreds of people. Um, I, I, I work also with baseball chapel and, and with our minor league system and uh, just seeing how the minor leagues operate, the, the, um, the coaches, the scouts, the uh, uh, baseball operations personnel. And, and what's really interesting is that it's, they, they've really opened up opportunities for um, minority groups. Um, and, and I would even say particularly women. Uh, you're seeing a lot more women involved. In fact, you know, the Marlins have a, a female general manager, and and uh, there's a lot of women in, in the upper um, positions, in front office positions. And so there are tons of opportunities for people who are interested in getting involved in baseball other than playing Um so, but but for my position, uh, it, it, it's almost like being a, a greeter at Walmart. I mean, it's 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 probably better for somebody who's just interested, loves the game, and uh, hopefully can work with people. Dukes, I love that. I love your passion for people. I love your passion for baseball. With all due respect to the folks at Walmart, I'd much rather be doing what you're doing than be a greeter at Walmart. I do love that you are just a text away. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for teaching me how to play badminton, teaching me how to play tennis, leaving a legacy. This is fun, and someday I'll show you the amount of texts I got from former Duluthy students during this segment. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Good to talk to you. Love you. Always is. Love you, too. That is Dukes Knutson. Man, we've had a day showcasing local connections to big league baseball. Wouldn't it be fun to get uh, the three people that we know that are associated with Major League Baseball to just kind of talk about i was gonna say just do a baseball employment round table and just sit back and let them talk we can sit back and go i should have done that i should have done that i should have tried that we are what do they say living vicariously through a lot of people right now it is a fun time in sports we'll draw some lines try to recap it all when we come back for one final segment stick around we'll be right back we are not dragging lines but we are going to draw some that comes your way courtesy of a role architecture studio ryan is a terrific architect i hope he doesn't mind the drawing lines today might be more like scribbling lines because we're going to try to cover everything going on in sports right now to kind of preview the week ahead. And architecture has very succinct direction. Yep. This won't. No, this this one won't. This might be more like if you're trying to design a hill for somebody and there's some rough right. rocks and things. This sounds like me trying to do but, elementary school art. I'll just tell yeah. you it wasn't pretty. Speaking of the original sponsor of the show, Arola Architecture Studio, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Justin May, Avenue 45, The Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, The Incline Station, the Construct Tomorrow Evening event at the deck on the 26th from 4.30 to 6.30. Learn a little bit about construction, learn a little bit about what your future might look like. Uh, and our newest sponsor, Krause Heating and Cooling, family-owned since 1982 for all of your heating and cooling needs. They carry Carrier, Brian, and so if you're looking for the the number one brand in the industry, that's the place to go. And, of course, the Blackwoods Group. Absolutely. We are happy for all of our sponsors. Speaking of happy, how about Happy Hour? Happy Hour is back at the Blackwater Lounge Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 4 to 6. That includes $2 off all martinis and $5 edamame and lounge fries. And then Wednesdays, we all like to get over the hump with hump day. They call it midweek martinis. It's every Wednesday night, half-price fondue for two, which is amazing. And $2 off all martinis again. I started a diet Monday. I said, well, I'll have to give myself a cheat day per week. And we'll see how much that number escalates as time goes on. But reading stuff like that, 
That's why I cheat. Well, and Blackwater is almost a lifestyle. I mean, if you look at all the right. things that they have going on and the atmosphere that's really cool there, I mean, it's really kind of a place to be. It is. And speaking of place to be, might be in front of a radio or a TV if you're a sports fan, particularly in Minnesota this week, because hopefully the Twins' role continues. Now, we all know they could lose today, lose tomorrow, split with the Yankees, and then you shrug your shoulders. Nope. But you don't if you're a Twins fan. Splitting with New York sadly has been pretty good. The Wolves in the playoffs, maybe. They got a puncher's chance. Everybody's loving that pun on purpose. The Wild in the playoffs, when they're good, they're good. When they're bad, they're bad. We'll see what happens. But this is so much fun. Where do you want to start? Because we're going to give us the last 10 minutes to kind of break down what we think might happen for all of those teams and talk some draft because I know you want to. Oh, gosh. You think maybe I'd like to Can we do do all that in 10 minutes? Well, we're going to go really fast through the other stuff so we can spend time in the draft. Oh, boy. Uh, That's what next Saturday's for. PA will be here. Let's talk a little bit about the the, uh, Timberwolves because I think the Timberwolves have a shot. I mean, I I know that's the puncher's chance that I I like to say, but, you know, they have plenty of bigs to throw at at Denver's At the Joker. But I think Denver really misses the instant offense that Bones Highland because he bit the Timberwolves right. all And the Denver time. doesn't play with any pace at all. The Timberwolves, I don't picture them because they're so big as a running team. In this series, they could be. They really could be. They were last night. Right. I mean, they looked, if they can bring the same energy, granted, the two teams that are playing are different, but if they can bring the same kind of energy and focus that they brought right. last, the, the Nuggets are going to have their hands full. I hope so. I'm going to have my hands full trying to stay awake because tomorrow's tip-off is 9.30, by the way. Right. The other thing I want to see is, did they learn anything? Because the Nuggets are not the Grizzlies. This is not last year. But last year, this team was all but poised and ready to win a series because they were ready to win on the scoreboard, but they weren't poised enough to finish. Yep. So when you get a lead this time around, if they're fortunate enough to do that, can you seal it? Because just back on Tuesday in L.A., they couldn't. Now, I can contend that the league wouldn't stand for it anyway. I don't want to get into that slippery slope. But can they close a game? Because if they could have last year, this is a team that at least gets beyond round one. Well, and historically this year, that's not been their strength. You know, right. they, they've lost, what, 13 double-digit I think it was 19 or whatever. Quarter. Where Think about if you go 10 and 9 in those games instead of 0 and 19, you're, you're probably four a four seed. seed. Yeah, yep, 100%. scary that we had the same number in mind. Well, I think that's, but I think it's 100% it's probably accurate, yeah. That's, that's the other piece to it. I think, the, I think the Timberwolves are the more interesting series because of the volatility. Like, they could win it, or it could be four and out. I think you're right, but in this state, you're not going to convince many masses of that because it is a state of hockey for a reason. Now, I've gone back and forth on this whole week because I used to have this big beef with, well, the NHL playoff format sucks. It does. Still does. But it's always been this way. Yeah. I mean, if you think about the Stanley Cup final run that the North Stars made, they were terrible, but they were good enough to finish in the top four in their division and made their way through it. The only difference now is... The Wild play in a fantastic division, so it stinks that the second, third, and fifth best records in the West are all in the same division. Right, and that big team at the beginning, I mean, the team at the top of that list, you still have to get through. Right. You were um, guaranteed to play somebody really good really early. Yeah, and and this Wild team plays a style, right? And, and their heart and soul guy is out. And... I can dislike Dallas, and you can dislike Dallas, but there's going to be we're so many... We're preconditioned to do it because so we're many, older. Right. There's so many 20-year-olds that are going to start hollering, you know... Why do you dislike them? Sucks. And it's like, yeah. They're just going to buy the T-shirt from someone else. Yeah. Right. And so I wonder if there's some of that 
you know, true dislike of the Dallas Stars that's starting to wash out a little bit. Right. And so are they just another team for, are they just another team for most of the fans and the players? Well, and meanwhile, in Colorado, PA said this this week, and I couldn't believe my ears at first. He said that the other night in Colorado, they put the wild score up on the board and the wild were losing and the arena went nuts. And I thought, what do we matter to you? Apparently the two series that we stole from them, there's still a lot of bitterness oh, in Denver. Hundred percent. I think that the you know there's very few teams that we live in the head of. I think we have a, a rental spot, which is in why the you thought Colorado. Colorado might be the better matchup. Yep, I, I really do. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be a lot of late nights for Minnesota sports fans because that might be the only real beef that I have. Last time I checked, Dallas, Texas, and St. Paul, Minnesota are both in the Central Time Zone. I know that's not the Eastern Time Zone, so we're not going to play early per se. Yep. But why we have to play at eight thirty? I get it because the East Coast games have to end, but this sucks if you like sleep this week. <laughs> 100% agree. Every night it's going to be late. That's for that's for sure. Let's quick bounce to the Twins um, because we've talked about it for generations, forever for baseball. Base, your team's only as good as your next starting pitcher. Right. And, and today it's Malley. And the Twins starting pitchers have been pretty good, you know, and, and so it feels like you know, we, we don't look at anybody and say, okay, well, that guy's going out there. We're going to have to score a dozen. Right. You know, and which so, is good because this team, other than the other night, really can't. Right. But my, my point is, is that every day you can kind of feel good going to the park yeah. and you're going to see a game. Yeah, you do. The only thing that I question is usually when a season starts, they'll say, especially because of the weather, that pitching will be ahead of hitting. Yep. And so far for the Twins, it is by leaps and bounds. So come June 15th instead of April 15th, are we suddenly going to have to say, well, we need six runs to win this? Well, let's just say hitting does catch up to your starters. The twin starters are still pretty good. Right. I mean, that's that's the thing that they have going for them that they haven't. And you know my affinity for Chris Archer, but he killed that. He killed that rotation once a week. And they don't have that guy right now. Well, and this fan base loves to kill Rocco over anything. The twins, I believe, are first or second in innings per start. And that's something. There's been no such thing as the quick hook this year. And then, by the way... The one thing that everybody wanted to scrutinize was Lopez for a rise. Is this baseball's version of Jefferson for Diggs, where both fan bases are going, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I actually think Because it is. the night Pablo shoved, a rise hit for the cycle. Yep, and, I, and that's the perfect kind of trade. Because you don't really want anybody to lose the trade. Right. The perfect world, everybody wins the trade. I wouldn't trade. mind seeing a rise win the NL batting title this year. No Correct. problem at all. Correct. And if he wins the MVP, we can start with we didn't need him. The only thing is a rise team might be fourth in that division on a good day, where the Twins yeah. hopefully are not. That's true. And then the NFL draft is coming up, Brian. It you is. know, I've been doing some research, and I just want to throw some names out if anybody's interested. And this is where you're much better than me, because I want to talk positions and needs, but I don't put names in because paralysis by analysis, but go ahead and paralyze we, me, Dave. We talked a little bit about trading up and trading down earlier. Right. So I think there's only a few people that you trade up for. Um, I think if Anthony Richardson ends up any place after like 12 or 13, right. you try. You go for it. Because there you got Kirk for a year and you've got a quarterback coach to teach a guy who hasn't only played like 15 college football games. Right. And so the other guy that I trade out for, and we talked about him in passing, is Joey Porter Jr. Right. With this, uh, with this defense that Flores is going to run. He's the perfect pick for this he team. He is. But I'll tell you why I think he is. Because for casuals like me, and I'm not calling myself a casual NFL fan, that's wrong, but a casual NFL draft guy, where I don't care enough to lose my you know what off a pick or declare us world champions off a pick or want the front office out of a job because of a pick or a trade, 
I consider myself a draft casual. But Joey Porter resonates with me. Yep. Junior, I get it because I knew Senior very well. So he's got an NFL pedigree. Yep. I'm sold. But it also gives this fan base that loves to nitpick everything. Oh, and he's a nitty Enough ammunition. Nice. Because he has no career college interceptions. So that's where this fan base will go, nice pick. You got a guy that couldn't pick <laughs> off a ball if you threw that's it right, right to him. The other, the other thing that I would, so if you're going to trade up just a couple, right? See, yeah. There's three guys that you should think, consider. Brian Branch, who is a safety cornerback from Alabama. Will McDonald the fourth, who's an edge rusher from Iowa State. What do you think of the first three? Well, the other three weren't quite as good at okay. getting around the corner. I feel the same way about Davis Love one and two. His his bend around the corner is something that they could use, but he might be there at 23, so you don't want to trade up a lot for him. Uh, and then Luke Van Ness, who's a power defensive tackle guy from Iowa. They didn't get any pass rush last year from their D tackles. He would what be a about, good one. What about Zay? Do you dare take the chance at a wide receiver in round one? A wide receiver in round one in the twenties. There's a history there. I I'm not a Zay fan. He's small. Like we, if we're gonna do that, and I'm not a Quentin Johnson fan because he just rings Laquan for me. And so, uh, but I've got an idea for you. If we trade down just a little bit, three guys: Trenton Simpton, who's this ridiculously athletic linebacker from Clemson. Okay. Uh, Mazzy Smith or uh, Iko from Baylor, who are both big old nose tackles that can rust the passer a little bit, but. Tennessee had a had a wide receiver two years ago who was the guy, right? But he blew blew a knee, and he came back this year, and they had another guy, Hyatt, who was really good. And Cedric Tillman kind of got overlooked. If you can pick up Cedric Tillman, who's proved it in the past, he's like George Pickens that the Steelers picked up because when he was with Georgia, he was hurt all the time. Right. And then he was, you know, first-team all-rookie wide receiver. Cedric right. Tillman could be that guy. So we've got 90 seconds to go. And here's the part of the draft that if it happened more often would intrigue me about it. If proven players got moved more regularly, I would be on board because I know whether they can do this or not kind of thing. Do Delvin Cook and or Zadarius Smith survive the draft as Vikings? No, but how about this? Neither? I don't believe so. Wow. But here's here's an idea for a trade. You know, Buda Baker came out yesterday and said he wants out of... uh, yeah. Arizona. What if you did a, sign me up for him right away? What if you did a, a scene, uh, Zadarius, and maybe a swap of a third round pick space, third for a fourth or something to right. get Buda Baker in here? And scene is your wild card, right? They get better draft and then they get a pass rusher. The only thing with that is how long does that negativity and trade request theory last? Because I heard the same thing about Devin White from the Bucks, and I went, oh, please come this direction. Yep. Two days later, it was, nah, he has no desire to leave Tampa. Right, that's because Tampa said he ain't going anywhere. Right, but both Tampa and Arizona are train wrecks. Does Buda Baker stick with this demand? I, I think those are two different kind of train wrecks. I think Tampa's train wreck, I think Arizona's train wreck is systemic. We were the best kind of train wreck today. We were the radio show that is a bit of a train wreck, but that means you couldn't look away. Hopefully right. everybody enjoyed it. A lot of local connections to big league ball today. Will Peterson, Dukes Knutson, and of course our utility guys, Dave Hoops, Justin May. It was fun. It was a really good, really good broadcast today, Brian. We had some good folks. We did, and we're winning. Minnesota sports fans enjoyed this because we all know it isn't going to last. Unfortunately, we didn't last either. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, we got to go. See you next week.